Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce Odinison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. So today we have a guest. My guest today is Laura Cusco, CPHR. And Laura is an HR strategist, executive coach, and workplace wellness consultant with over 19 years working as an HR strategist in organizations, both unionized and non-unionized organization, as a change agent. And I'm so happy to have you with me today, Laura. Welcome. Thank you, Joyce, for having me. All right. So, Laura, today we're talking about respectful workplace. Tell us, what are some things you're noticing that's happening at work around the whole idea of respectful workplace? So, in my position as a uh, human resources professional, there was usually uh, an aspect of respectful workplace that I was needing to uh, deal with. So either um, developing or updating respectful workplace policies, helping leaders uh, deal with complaints from their employees, or also investigating complaints myself that had been escalated to the HR department. So um, when they were escalated to the human resources department, a lot of the times I concluded that there was not necessarily a breach of the policy Um, There wasn't an aspect really of harassment or discrimination. It was usually that there was some sort of interpersonal conflict that was going on between two employees. Um, Unfortunately, it was not being dealt with by the leaders. I don't believe they they had the tools or uh, resources to equip them with um, dealing with the conflict. So unfortunately, um, it would get escalated to the human resources department to uh, deal with and investigate. So if I understand you clearly, many times people were just upset with each other. They did not like each other. They had conflict or were not getting along and they were just looking for that last straw to file a complaint. And in your, in your investigation, that's what you found. Yes. And unfortunately it, uh, it takes a lot of, Uh, of time for somebody to build up the courage to take that respectful workplace to the formal process of human resources. So a lot of the times, um, by the time it was written as a formal complaint with us, um, it had been going on for quite some time. And it had created, um, you know, some cultures internally, even if it was in that department Mm -hmm. that was, uh, you know, very challenging then to uh, change. Well, knowing a little bit about conflict at work, I know sometimes when there's a conflict, there is alignment. So people align with the parties they support Mm -hmm. and they believe. And so that would create, so most of the times you're finding, if I understand you, situations where it's already got really set people have alignment and they have set attitudes and behaviors towards each other in groups somewhat in, into the department and now you found yourself in that as the hr person but not the leader of that organization so you now have to go in to find out what's going on right yes um 
you know, a lot of the times people want to get support for how they're feeling. And if they're not getting that from their leader, they're going to try and get that from the team, which then unfortunately can divide the team where they're having Mm -hmm. to pick one employee or Mm -hmm. the other uh, to side with on this conflict. Mm -hmm. So in that case, when you get into those situations, what are the leaders telling you? Well, a lot of the leaders, um, you know, I, th- I think us as humans, uh, we want to avoid conflict. And um, it's that avoidance, unfortunately, that um, leaves the employees not feeling heard. And um, really, as I've gone through those processes of investigating, I bring along the leader and use it as a mentoring opportunity Mm -hmm. so that um, should this situation arise for them again in the future, that they're better equipped. Um, The data, there was a Harris poll that concluded that um, if you're the kind of boss that fails to create that uh, genuine connection with your direct reports, 91% of employees say that uh, communication can drag that leader down as well. Oh, absolutely. uh, It's not only the employees that end up suffering, it is the leader and the whole team, and it's just not a great situation. So this is one of those scenarios where there is stress and conflict and overwhelm and frustration in the workplace, and it stems back to a leader either not identifying the conflict not knowing how to respond to the conflict or or even acknowledging that there is a conflict. And, and we see those situations happening over and over again. Uh, I did a previous podcast uh, called uh, Being Angry at Leaders for Not Doing What They Do. And these are some of the things that you know employees would say to me that my leader are ignoring staff, they're not dealing with staff, everything is swept under the rug. And we know after a while, the things under the rug will pile up and the rug won't sit on the floor anymore. So you're going to fall when you step on the rug and just you just have to deal with those things. You can't sweep everything under the rug. Some things are too big to stay there. So in your experience and as you dealt with those situations, what are some things you've learned Um around that or if there's a leader right now that's struggling with something like that or another HR professional, uh, which I'm sure they would be seeing similar situation, what would you say to them? So a lot of organizations, um, you know, are spending money conducting uh, employee (coughs) surveys. They're implementing change initiatives. There's a lot of uh, time, money, and energy that's being spent on a lot of those Uh things. However, it really comes down to um, the importance of the leader engaging uh, with their employees, and especially in those crucial moments where there is uh, conflict. And communication is key uh, amongst teams and building trust with your team. So um, having uh, opportunities to build those connections with your team um, is important. So whether um, I was going through uh, those processes internally 
again, I took the opportunity mm-hmm. to mentor the leaders to, to uh, have those kinds of uh, connections and relationships with their employees. The goal is obviously not to have it escalated, um, whether internally or the option for them externally as well. And prevention is really the key. So being responsive um, to your teams, building the relationships, and um, really working on the whole team versus um, just the two individuals that may be in conflict. Um, training through that is, is important, uh, again, not only with leaders, but with the whole team so mm-hmm. that everyone can understand. Um, and then, of course, leading by example, right? Um, the behaviors demonstrated uh, by the leader will then be uh, demonstrated by the other employees. And it's also um, important for uh, the employees to see that right from the start, the behaviors that were demonstrated when uh, issues were brought forward to either the leader or the HR. Um, and that definitely impacts the, the culture. So uh, practice listening, paying attention to your employee and checking in and making sure that everybody is doing well. You know, thanks for sharing that because I've heard over and over again, as I go into organizations, as I'm helping them, I will hear from employees that my leaders don't, they don't do anything and HR don't do anything. Uh, well, I file a complaint and nothing happened. Uh, could you speak to that? What would be a cause for one to think that nothing happened in a, in a respectful workplace complaint? It's usually the lack of communication back to whoever it was that brought that forward. So a lot of the times, uh, you know, it could be that the the manager uh, or leader had a conversation with uh, the other employee that the complaint was brought up about. But if there's no uh, communication back to that person who brought the complaint forward, then they don't know that it has happened. So a lot of the times um, when it came to us within HR, it was important for um, a process to be followed where you not only talk to the person that brought the complaint forward, but then you you talk to both parties that are part of that conflict. You truly take the time to understand what the nature of the conflict is. And then you take opportunities to build the relationship between those two parties. So, um, you know, it was always best to try and have a, a facilitated maybe conversation so the two of them could work it out together with just the manager or HR being present if they, and then if, if you're there, then you can help them uh, to ensure that it's a respectful conversation. And the key is to do that as soon as possible amongst all the parties mm-hmm. and then uh, focus on a solution um, that would help them to move forward and document the solution to ensure that everybody is it leaves clear. that and is clear and on the same page. 
that that makes perfect sense uh, sharing that and and certainly I I think that'd be great for our listeners to hear. Now you emphasize the relationship how important it is for leaders to have good relationship and one of the programs we run is the relational leadership program and that's one of the key things we emphasize is the ability to have good relationships with your employees, but also to foster good relationships among your employees. There is so much strength in that and it helps with the psychological safety in the workplace, the mental wellness for all employees. And I see it's becoming more of a trend now. I think more and more organizations are recognizing that and leaders are uh, recognizing that. What are your thoughts around that? I think it's important to have, um, you know, that kind of mutual, respectful environment. So um, that creates um, environments where there's less stress, people are more uh, supportive of each other, there's less internal conflict, Uh, overall there's improved communication and teamwork and collaboration that's going on um, within those environments. Um, for the employers, it uh, leads to increased productivity. Um, and then, of course, um, employees, because they are working better as teams and collaboratively, there's much more sharing of information and knowledge transfer mm-hmm. uh, to each other. So um, there's just so much benefits that come from uh, investing in that relationship. You know, I think that is so underutilized and and probably not even promoted as much as it should be. Because at the end of the day, it's the working relationship that determines the culture of the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I've gone into many organizations where they say, oh, we have respectful workplace. And uh, and yet, no, people are fighting and there's conflict and there's disagreement and and all of these kinds of things are happening. <laughs> one uh, one employee from a very large organization uh, said said to me the other day. He said, "I got your email on on workplace wellness, and I came out of this meeting with a colleague, and I wanted to, I wanted to, <laughs> I really wanted to say something to that person because of their behavior and and the the continue recurring." behavior that person had and and he said I was so tempted to send you an email along with them and I'm like well why didn't you and it was like I don't know why I didn't because we spend a lot of money and time on workplace wellness but the relationships are not touched and it's helping organizations to recognize that the relation and the relationships of people working together is a stress factor and when it's not working well, it causes stress, it causes anxiety, it causes depression, it causes a lot of overwhelm and overburdening. So how do we get that message across to uh, leaders, HR leaders, employers, and uh, even the employees themselves? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not enough uh, for employers just to have that respectful workplace policy. Um, employees and all levels need to be aware of the policy and what it says, but then you all have to uh, live it as well. And you're all responsible to ensure that you do have a respectful workplace, no matter what level uh, you're operating at. So awareness of the policy, having zero tolerance um, and having that 
uh, response when it does happen. And then, of course, um, you know, leading by example. All of those are important um, for everyone uh, to participate in a respectful workplace. Mm. Well said. So what do you recommend for leaders to help to create this culture of respect at work? Um, so again, it's, it's key, um, to demonstrating that yourself, um, it's key to having that open communication and relationship with your employees, uh, addressing issues and, and nipping it in the bud as soon as they uh, come up, um, and then just fostering an environment of, of collaboration, respect, um, and ensuring that everyone knows what to expect from you as the leader. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce Edison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guests and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com, where we help you to work, live, and play well. Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.